Camp Fico Stories, Episode 9, Bricked In. So today's story concerns the Grange, that same house that featured in the story of the Phantom Army through the Great Wood. Well, the house, the Grange, in the early 1800s, was lived in by a man who was very keen on the idea of getting himself into Parliament. And in order to get himself his position as an MP, he decided it would be good to entertain as many of the great and the good from the area, and indeed influential people from London too, at his house. And parties at the Grange got quite a reputation as very lavish affairs indeed, and getting an invitation was quite an exciting thing for many of the people who received those invitations at that time. Well, one of the master's parties was being held on a particular evening and he'd got back lots and lots of replies to his invitations. And as they were totting up how many people had said yes, there was a realisation that actually they had a guest too many coming to the party because many people were travelling a distance and a lot of them had to stay overnight and the master realised that there was going to be a problem because there were actually too many people coming to the party. They had a guest too many who needed to stay overnight and they needed to find something to do with him. And so the master wrecked his brains for a while and one of the servants suggested to him Sir, of course there is always the locked room and the master thought about it the locked room, that's right there was a room in the Grange, a bedroom that had been locked ever since he was a boy no one had ever said why but this room had remained under lock and key the entire time that he'd lived in the house and he asked the servants if they could find the key to be able to open this particular room And sure enough, a key was brought forth and the door was unlocked. And with some caution, the door was opened. And looking inside, there was nothing terribly unusual about this room. It had rather nice ornate wooden panelling going all the way round the walls. And the furniture, of course, that was in there was covered in sheets that were very, very dusty indeed. But once they'd been pulled away, it began to look like quite a pleasant room indeed. The master ordered that all the windows and the shutters should be opened so that the room could air, because it did have a slightly damp and musty kind of smell to it, but other than that, it seemed like a very comfortable place for somebody to spend the night, and so it would be absolutely fine for the extra guest to stay in what had been, until very recently, the locked room. And so it was that the party went on as planned, All the guests had a terrific time, and when the party ended, people started drifting off up towards bedrooms. Those, of course, who didn't live locally and were being taken away by carriages and coaches back to their homes. The ones who were having to stay because they travelled from further afield drifted off to the various bedrooms, and the man who'd been allocated his place in, in what had been the locked room went up to his bedroom got ready for bed and went to sleep 
nothing untoward appeared to have happened as a result of being in the locked room. Uh, he came down for breakfast as normal the next morning. And the master was interested to know how the man had slept, and he asked him. And the man replied, well, I had a very good night's sleep, but I did have the most curious dream. I dreamt that as I was lying there on my bed, I floated from my body and was looking down upon myself in the room. And then from the panelling beside me, a girl emerged, a young girl, certainly under 20, I would have thought she was in age, and she appeared to be trying to speak to me. She was pointing at the wall beside the bed and begging me to do something. I, I got the feeling that I was being asked for help in some way, but unfortunately I couldn't understand her. And then the dream faded, I drifted back off to sleep, and that was that. But the memory of that dream has stayed with me today, which is why I'm telling you about it now. And the master was confused by this little story. What could there be in that room? Well, it was dismissed at first as being little more than what it sounded like, a dream. But over the course of several more parties, when guests had had to stay in that room, they reported having exactly that same dream of the young girl emerging from the what seemed to be the panelling in the wall and begging them for some kind of help, gesturing at the wall beside the bed. And so the master decided that the best thing to do would be to have the room properly investigated to see if there was any reason why this dream could be carrying on happening to so many people. So workmen were brought in and they started to examine the room. They started by knocking on the walls to see if there were any areas that appeared to be hollow. And sure enough, the area beside the bed sounded somewhat hollower than the rest. And so they asked for permission from the master to um, remove some of the panelling so that they could investigate further. And the master agreed some of the wood panelling was cut into as carefully as possible so that it could hopefully be replaced and the workmen discovered there were some bricks in behind the wooden panelling. The bricks didn't match the stonework of the rest of the house and so it was a little bit confusing. They asked the master if they could have permission to knock through because from the sounds of the wall it wasn't solid there was something behind it there was some kind of a space and the master agreed that they could knock a small hole just take a couple of the bricks out to start with to see if there was indeed a space in behind so a couple of the workmen took their chisels and some hammers and they knocked their way through a small hole in the wall. It's just about big enough to be able to get a candle through and to be able to peep in and see inside. So one of the workmen got his candle and he put it in through the hole and looked into the room. 
He stood there for a while, and then he began to weep. The master could bear it no longer. He said, Damn it, man! What is it? What's upsetting you so much? And the master had to look for himself. Through the hole in the brickwork, he could see a small, dark space. It wasn't really a room. It wasn't big enough. Just a small space. And on the floor of this space, he could make out bones and a dress, tattered, faded and worn. The hole was made bigger so that the space could be emptied of what was in there. And on closer examination, when the bones were brought out of the space, it was clear that these were the remains of a young woman. She had been bricked up, it would seem, in this space in the room, while still alive. No one knew of any reason why this should have happened, but that's certainly what appeared to be the case. The master, as with the workman, was was very upset by what he'd seen, was very sorry for this poor girl and for whatever had caused her to become bricked up like this inside this horrible, small, dark space where she died probably many, many years ago having suffered enormously during the time she was there knowing that she would never get out and that death was inevitable. And so the remains were put into a coffin and they were buried properly in a churchyard. The grave had to be not quite unmarked. There was a cross there to, to show that someone had been buried there. But of course, nobody knew the identity of the young woman who had been buried. Once that affair had been settled, the room was put back into its original state. The wood panelling was replaced over the space where it had stood before, and that void, the sort of space in behind the panelling, was bricked over and left empty, of course. And so the room was able to be used once more as a bedroom. And a couple of months later, another party was in full swing at the Grange when there was a man who came knocking at the back door. Now the servants went to see what the fuss was about and then the butler had to go and see the master. And he said, excuse me, sir, we have a man who's been banging on the back door. He says he is a friend of yours and that you will see him. He's desperate, sir. He doesn't look like the sort of person who you'd be a friend with. But if you wouldn't mind coming and seeing, then perhaps we can make him go away, because at the moment he's absolutely refusing to go anywhere until he's seen you. Well, the master thought this was a little bit strange, to say the least, but he went to find out who this 
stranger was. And when he saw the man, he realised that he looked a little familiar. He was old, bedraggled, wearing what were originally quite good quality clothes, but they'd been damaged through weeks of, of travel and possibly sleeping outdoors. And the man looked a dreadful state. He hadn't shaved clearly for several weeks. His hair was completely unkempt. And to be honest, he smelled like he hadn't washed for quite a while as well. But the master realised that this man was an old friend of his, someone who he knew was a rich and successful man who lived in London. And he said to him, my dear friend, what on earth has happened to you? Why do you look so upset? How have you come to be in this state? And the man told him rather a sorry story. His business had been failing. His wife no longer loved him, and his children didn't want to see him any more either. He was in a desperate state, and in fact the master was quite concerned to leave the man on his own that night, because there was some fear that the man might actually try and take his own life. But there was a party in full swing, and the master had to be the host, and so he had to arrange for somewhere for this old friend of his to be able to stay the night. Well, with it being a party night, almost all of the rooms in the house were already occupied. In fact, the only one left was the room with the wooden panelling, and the master suggested that the man should sleep there for the night. At least he'd have a roof over his head, he'd have a comfortable bed, and he'd be able to get some rest. His friend was very, very grateful indeed, thanked the master and went up to that room, having been shown by some of the servants where it was. Well, the next morning after the party, there were guests gathered in the hall for breakfast, and the master was there too, and was very surprised to see a man come skipping down the stairs, looking incredibly cheerful and happy, and very bright. And the man rushed past him to the breakfast table, calling out a merry morning as he went past. And it took the master a little while to realise that this man who just passed him was in fact his old friend, the one who'd been in such a dreadful state the night before. How could this transformation have happened? Well, the master went to his friend and he said, my dear man, I'm, I'm so delighted to see you looking so different this morning. Why, you seem to have completely been transformed by a night's stay here. And the man explained to him. He said, you know, I had the most wonderful dream last night. There I was, lying in the bed, and I felt myself float out of my body so that I was looking down on myself in the room. And from the panelling beside the bed, there came this beautiful glowing light. And then a young girl came through through the wall. It was incredible. And she didn't quite speak to me, but somehow she put pictures in my mind of the things that I needed to do in order to get my life back in order again. And I'm so confident that she's got the right ideas that I want to go straight away back to London and start putting 
the plans that I saw in my dream into action. And so the master was very pleased for his friend and delighted to lend him a carriage so that he could make his way back to London where he could start yet again working on making his life the success it had previously been. And a few months later, his old friend came back to the Grange, this time accompanied by his wife and children. There had been a complete reconciliation. His business was thriving again and his fortunes had massively improved. And the man still put that down to everything that he'd seen in that dream that night in the room with the wood panelling. And it's thought that perhaps this was that young girl's way of saying thank you to the master for having taken her remains and given them a proper burial. It was her way of showing gratitude. But I guess it's one of those things that we'll never really know for sure. But that's the story of the young girl who was bricked up in a strange, dark, airless space off one of the bedrooms in the Grange. If you've got any ideas for stories, you can contact us on campfireghostsuk at gmx.co.uk. You can follow us on Facebook at Campfire Ghosts UK and on Twitter at Campfire Ghosts 2. Thanks for listening.